When your in-sales, there's traits in other people and in buyers and salespeople that will drive you crazy and drive you up the wall. But have you really thought why you have issues, why you have problems, and what you can do about it? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And we're at episode number 158, Traits and Others That Will Drive You Crazy. <laughs> That'll drive you crazy. And, and here's what happens is, you know, uh, there are things in sales that you need to do to close deals. And they're going to become very evident as we get through this episode. And uh, this episode may not be long. Let's see what happens. Probably maybe eight to 10 minutes today. And so here are some traits that will drive you crazy in sales uh, when you first get started because nobody tells you what you need to look for. And the reason I bring this up is I see this happen where salespeople will get frustrated and they don't know what the frustration comes from in the process. And so let's say that I sit down with you and we were talking, we're talking about the sale. And we're talking about, you know, the product, the service, the widget, or the gizmo. And so I I constantly pre-frame the close. Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Buyer, when we do this, you're really going to love the product. And then so the buyer comes back with if, okay? Well, there's a magic point of, I believe when I tracked it last time, it was about 11 to 12 times of saying this before somebody starts saying when, when. So like another way to describe this is a future pace of the sale. And so I'm going to use the word pre-frame. We could use the word future pace. Let's just use them both because it's going to make it easier. So like the things that will drive you crazy in sales is if nobody tells you that on average in 30 to 45 minutes of you saying when we do this and the person going if, when we do this, if, when we do this, if. And then imagine there's a magic point where they go when we do this. Then you'll be like, oh my goodness, I don't know what just happened, but they flipped. Well, what happens is if you as a salesperson don't keep saying when and you change it to if, they start saying if too. And why it will drive you crazy is you're thinking the first time that you say it, it should happen. When we do this, the buyer's not going to go, yeah, magically like, oh yeah, I really like you when we do this. Sometimes it happens, most of the time it doesn't. But I, I pegged this from from watching salespeople and, and you know going through and transcribing my own sales process between 11 and 12 times of future pacing. That's the magic number. So if you're like, oh, you use it one or two times and I can't get people to say it. I'm like, you're not doing it enough. You're not, okay? So that's a trait that will drive you crazy. Number two is indecision. Not being able to choose yes or no. And I will say that some of this comes from your presentation. You may not be a hero enough to the person and you may not have enough villains in there. You may not be interesting enough. You may not have asked the right questions. So you know, I was very meek and mild in the beginning of my sales process. I thought sales was like a certain way. Maybe you could describe it in a movie. Maybe you could describe it in a book. 
And then I went through all of my own self-doubt, all my own problems, all my own training, bought my own, uh, you know, coaching, uh, looked at different industries, looked at different services. And then I went and rode with a bunch of different closers from different industries. And I was like, you know, there's a trait with a lot of these closers is, is to an extent, to an extent, they say what they're thinking. They, they have to be brave about what they do. And so the trait that will drive you nuts uh, from, from people who are buying from you is their indecision. And so like this doesn't happen as much as business to business as it does to business to consumer. It does happen in business to business. I'm not saying it doesn't. But, you know, know that this could be the thing that's holding you back and your impatience with somebody who can't make decisions. You got you to gotta talk things through with them. Give them scenarios. Ask them, you know, questions. Uh, give them a scenario of like, here's, if this happened, would you do it? If this happened, wouldn't you do it? Or if this went down, what would be the reasons why you wouldn't? I mean, like you can't just always do the click world technique where you're constantly asking people for yes. You've got to get them to at least say no. And you know what's really cool is Chris Voss has talked a lot about that in in Never Split the Difference. And, you know, uh, Jim Camp talked a lot about it in Start With No, is that you do need to have the people that say no. And so sometimes when somebody's being indecisive, you ask them a whole bunch of no questions. You know, are there things that you don't want to have happen? Well, what are they? You know, no isn't always saying no. Sometimes it's explaining what the issue is. Number three, long-winded people. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, as, as a salesperson, you're looking at the horizon. You're looking like towards the edge of time. And you're like, I've got to get this deal done. And long-winded people don't always understand time. So I've got a couple of long-winded people in my life. I've got a people, a couple of these people who just like to talk, talky, talky, talk, 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 talk. And in my mind, I'm like, you must get paid by the hour because you've got nothing better to do. Or they just use too many words and they're overly verbose, meaning they just talk too much. Tied to this is number four, people who are not outcome oriented. They don't look to the horizon for sales. They don't look for completion. And let me give you an example. And I I can pretty much guarantee this has happened to you in your service or your industry, no matter what you do. There's people that you work with in your office and they get caught up in tasks. It may be paperwork. It may be structure. It may be rules. And you're a salesperson and you're like, I just want to get this done and get it over with. That way I can put in my CRM that it's been accomplished And that's the outcome that I need to get to. No, people in the office love to go, no, but you need more paperwork. You didn't follow the rules. You didn't do what you were supposed to. And all those checks and balances that were put in place um, are not always from people who are goal-oriented. And it may drive you crazy. I was talking to a good friend last night. And we were talking about her position. And she went to her VP of sales and said, look, just get all this crap off my plate so I can close deals. All this stuff that you want me to do is insignificant. This does not get us to where we need to be. This doesn't get us to the promised land. You know what it does is it ties up my day. And then you come to me and you say, how come you're not hitting goal? How come you're not hitting quota? And then I point to this list of 47 things that I got to do that realistically have nothing to do with me. And have to do with the team, but they're pushing stuff off on me. 
And so that is an example of, of people who are not goal-oriented. There are people in your company that you work with, and their whole goal is to tie you up, to constrain you, and to cause some issues with you. And they're not real with goals. Because like in their mind, they're like, oh, I make 18 bucks an hour. Well, you make 18 bucks an hour. I make zero unless I close a deal. And so people who have had commission-based jobs and only get paid commission have a different view of the world. And one of them is, what do I got to do to close the sale to make the deal happen to make some money? That's the magic. That's the magic, but not everybody thinks that way. Number five, people who don't understand time. And these are kind of going to go along with the long-winded person and the person who's not goal-oriented. And if you have this person that's got all three of these, chances are good you don't like them. Okay. It could be a buyer or it could be a coworker. So, you know, there are people who have government jobs and I'm not knocking it. Everybody has to have a job in, in something and they're not realistic about what it takes. You know, they're used to being in an office that's overstaffed. They're used to having people have to, and this is going to sound very, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. It may sound very heavy on, on office people. I'm not, I'm not being that way. I'm, I'm just saying this is the perspective that you have when you're going through the moment. So they're like, I work in an office and I really don't have to get much done. So in their mind, there's no time equivalency. And and so for us, we've got a couple of, of things that we can share that are very similar and we all understand. One of them, for the most part, is time. We all know that there's 60 minutes in a day, that for the most part, people work eight hours. But after that, that's where it stops. You know, people who are in sales go like, I've I got work to do behind the scenes to make the deal happen. But there are people out there that feel like they have unlimited time because they don't have constraints put against them. And so uh, as people retire, the longer that somebody's been retired, the more they don't understand time. So there's been plenty of times where I have been in homes when I was doing in-home sales and I was meeting with people who were retired and had been retired for a long time. They didn't understand that I had other things to do besides talk about grandkids and cats and dogs you know, and then you start going through, they had a tough time making a decision. They were long winded. They weren't outcome oriented and they didn't understand time. So like all five of these things, uh, become issues for salespeople because as you look at it, you're like, this is one of the reasons why I'm struggling. But like, nobody ever sits down and talks to you and says, here is the list of problems that you're going to face when you're in sales, but let's take these problems and turn them into an opportunity. Let's talk about what's being done. So the way that you fix a lot of this is if your meeting with a buyer becomes an agenda base. Now, this does not solve all the problems. This does not, this is not a magic sauce. I love how Oren Clough says this. When people go to them and they, hey, this is a secret sauce. He goes, no, it's not. It's mayonnaise, ketchup, and and uh, and pickles. You, you made Thousand Island. There's no secret sauce there. I'm not looking for this to be a secret sauce. I'm looking for it to be another way for you to look at what you go through. Uh, Another description for you to say, hey, I never really thought about it that way. This is why I'm struggling with a group of people. This is why I'm struggling with somebody in the office. They won't won't buy into my preframe. They're indecisive. They're long-winded. They're not outcome-oriented or they don't understand time. And when you can put an agenda together, that puts things on the path, it does help. And when you can go to management or ownership and say, look, the best thing you could ever do is have me out in the field closing deals. The worst thing you could ever do is have me do paperwork. So at one point when I managed a sales team, 
there was 22 people on this team and there were some straight closers. These, these people could close deals. And I went to ownership and I said, I want to get a assistant for the salespeople. And their thing was, well, salespeople are paid enough. And I'm like, look, I'm not looking for something to be crazy pay. Let's just look for somebody who gets paid by the hour so that they don't have so much paperwork to do so they could be out in the field closing. And that answer was not liked. It was just, it was shot down automatically because in the mind of the management team, this it wasn't the, the decision really from the owners. They had to go, well, the managers are going to complain and the employees are going to complain and the salespeople are going to be called prima donnas. And I said, okay, so what if I got the team to pool their money together and they hired somebody to do it? They didn't like that idea either because then there was implications. So there are times that no matter what your idea is, no matter how good you think it is, it's going to get shot down. And that's part of being in sales. But part of being in sales is looking for the reframe and, and, and looking for another way to sell that idea. Whether you do it through a preframe, working through the indecision, you know, getting through the long-winded person or the lonely person, because that's that's uh, that happens a lot too, is where somebody's lonely. So what they do is they go talk to salespeople and they never intend on buying. People who are not outcome-oriented and people who don't understand time. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.